this morning what I'm going to try and do is to touch on uh, one aspect of uh, what we've given ourselves to uh, to 2025, but it is a continuing thing or theme that you found in the scriptures. Um, we, as Common Ground Church Weinbeck, we use this language that our desire is to know Christ and to make him known. Now, as I was preparing this morning uh, for this message, I realized that knowing him and making him known is not enough. It is understanding what it means to live like him and to serve like he did. To know Christ, to make him known, and how to live like him and to serve like Jesus. And uh, my aim this morning, I want us to gain the understanding of what it means to be a mature disciple of Jesus. What does it mean to be a mature disciple of Jesus? Because those, that, uh, that statement, to know him and to make him known, the first part is actually discipleship, and the second one is, you know, sharing about Christ, which means it's evangelism. But I would love to spend some time just to focus on discipleship. With an aim to say at the end, we understand what does it really mean to be a mature disciple of Jesus Christ. I want you to take note, please, to write these verses down or passages. Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. Mark chapter 1, verse 17, Genesis 2, 15 to 17, Genesis 3, 1 to 24, and Philippians chapter 3, verse 17. I am going to be walking us through those uh, passages. So the true priorities for us as a church are discipleship, and evangelism. As I said, I'd love to focus on discipleship because the other one comes after that. Because as a disciple of Jesus, we have a mandate to share God's words with other people. But only mature disciples understand the mandate or the responsibility or the mission of the church, of the global church. Because if you are a mature disciple of Christ, you don't just want to be good with God, but you also want to be able to share the good news with other people. So what is discipleship? Discipleship is the lifelong process of following Jesus, learning his ways and letting him reshape our lives, so that we can be useful for God's kingdom. So it's learning the ways of Jesus and allowing Jesus to reshape our lives so that we can be useful for God's kingdom. So we can't just say, I read my Bible, I pray a lot, 
I have spiritual disciplines in place. All that for what? It is learning his ways and letting him reshape our lives so that we can be useful for God's kingdom. I don't know if I heard it to you on that list. You must please also add Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. Now, I have to look at the word disciple by also mentioning what is a disciple. That's why I want you to turn with me to Mark chapter 11, verse 29. We are going to look at that one verse. This is Jesus himself. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Here, the yoke that Jesus speaks of in this verse is a free gift to us that requires a willing submission on our part. It leads us to a posture of surrender and trust. It is to obey the gospel of Christ, to yield ourselves to the Lord. We obey the gospel of Jesus and we actually remain in Christ. That's what it means. Matthew Henry, in his commentary, that's how he puts it. He said this yoke is a gift. In fact, it's us surrendering our lives to Jesus and trusting him to lead us and learning from him. I have to ask you a question. Do you need rest for your soul? Jesus is inviting us he said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. We are to surrender our lives to Jesus. To trust him with our lives and to be willing to learn from him. I want to ask you a question again. Who in your circle of friends and family besides Jesus can say, I am gentle and humble in heart? Who can say that? Who do you know, one of your friends or family members, who can come to you and say, I am gentle and humble in heart? Listen, even me, sometimes I don't get it right. In fact, many times. To be gentle and humble so that you can learn from me. There is only one person we can follow and learn from who is gentle and humble in art is Jesus. The word disciple means learner. If you are looking in, I want you to know that we as a church, Common Ground Church, Weinbeck, we are committed to learning about God and his redemptive plan awake in the world. When you hear words such as we are gospel-centered church or we are gospel-centered people, it's because we are putting scriptures above ourselves. We are learners. That's what it means to be a disciple, 
to submit to Jesus, to let God's words have the final say and authority in our lives. As disciples of Jesus, we are called to learn from him. This is what we just learned here. It is a call for us to learn from Jesus. Jesus summed up what being a disciple means when he called his first disciples, saying this. If you can turn with me to Mark chapter 1, verse 17. He called them, he said, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. I will show you. Now, in this verse, there are at least three aspects of discipleship. The first one is come. The challenge to respond to Jesus' call. In this church, we point people to respond to the call of Christ and not to our call. He said, come. I want to ask you a question. Have you responded to Jesus' call in your life? This was not just for them. Even today, Jesus continued to call people to himself. He said, come. We are not calling you to gatherings. We are not calling you to come and just be with us. It is Christ who is calling us to his call. And this happens when you read the scriptures, you find that Jesus calls them one by one. And he brought them together so that they can form a family. Have you been called by God? Have you heard his, call, his calling? Have you said yes to it? It is an invitation, come. Now, this is not like, hey, if you don't, this is what I'm going to do. It is an invitation. A mature disciple of Jesus can tell the day and time when he or she responded to this call. And if right now, as I'm talking, you are a cross follower and you start now to wrestle in your mind and said, okay, I've never had this call before. I don't know where it, when it happens. But maybe you have to revisit and ask yourself a question. Maybe you are just a Christian, but you are not a disciple of Jesus. Maybe you followed other crowd. You followed the groups of people. Maybe you've just, okay, let me just follow the momentum. I go to church, then I listen to music, Christian music. I'm just a right person. A good person, I mean. There's a difference between being a disciple and being just a Christian. You have to remember in Antioch, Acts chapter 11, we are told that the disciples were first called Christian. Now, it doesn't say the Christian were first called disciples. We are disciples of Jesus before we can be Christian. Uh, I don't know if it makes sense. We are his disciples before being Christian because it is out of being disciples, the way they were living their lives, that's when they, they were called Christian. That's when they were called Christian. The other aspect we see here is that is the aspect of follow. 
There is go, you know, come. And there is follow. The challenge to adapt a lifelong habit of pursuing him in character and in calling. A mature disciple of Jesus is not the same yesterday, today, and forever. It is only God who is the same. You cannot be the same yesterday, and you are the same today, and you are the same forever. Your character hasn't been transformed. That's not a mature disciple of Jesus. You adapt to a long a lifelong habit of pursuing Jesus. You are pursuing him. You are following him. You are desiring more of him. You want to be with him. It is important for us in Common Ground Church Weinbeck to understand what it means to be a mature disciple. You invite your friends here and you say, our church is committed to know Christ and to make him known. Then they'll ask you a question, what is a disciple? These are the three aspects that makes discipleship. Come, follow. And the third one, I will show you, or in other translation it says, I will make you. No music can make you. No good venue can make you. No good teaching or bad teaching can make you. But it is Jesus who makes us. I will make you the challenge to let him teach us new ways of kingdom living and to transform us into what he wants us to be by his spirit. It is giving Christ the permission into our deepest secret place, opening our lives to him and said, here I am. I am happy to, for you to teach me. I am happy for you to make me what you want me to be. Will you accept this challenge? To let Jesus teach you. And if you say yes, I want you to know that it might involve denying yourself. Letting go of other desires and plans and purposes that you've set in place and allowing Jesus to show you the new way and the things that you are to do and how you are to live. Mature disciples aren't, aren't scared of opening up their lives to God. They are not scared of letting God interrupt their lives. They open up their lives and allowing Jesus to interrupt. And they are not holding up to their own desires and their own wills, but they let Jesus to come in and say, God, here I am. Teach me. God, here I am. Send me. God, here I am. Use me. God, here I am. Do with me whatever you want. 
I surrender my life to you. I trust you, Jesus. This is not easy. Okay, it sounds very easy, but it is not easy. Think about how many of you or us all don't like to give control away. No one here wants to be late. We want to hold on to our own plans. We want things to work to the way we want things to go. We want only our desires and not even inviting God to break in. We don't ask him because maybe we are too scared to ask because if we ask, God will answer and maybe his answer is not going to be the way that we want things to go. We are too scared. Now let me say this. What does discipleship involve? Discipleship involves learning, accountability, and challenge. There is learning, there is accountability, and there is challenge. A mature disciple of Jesus has to understand these three things. They're not on the screen, but I'm going to read quick for you. And some of them is just to repeat some of the part that I've already said. So the first one, Jesus expects his followers to learn from him. So that's where the learning comes in. He expects us to learn from him, not to learn from someone who is sitting somewhere you don't know on TikTok. No, Jesus expects us to learn from him. You don't know the guy. You don't know the lady. And that's the person who has been shaping your life, giving you daily motivations. And how do we learn from Jesus? We learn from his words. We learn from the Bible. We don't go and shop for little comments that are going to only keep you up for a day or a few hours. Then tomorrow you start to look for another motivation. Listen, the Bible is the greatest motivation ever. We learn from Jesus and we learn from his word. Therefore, the discipline of reading God's word every day is important if you want your life to be changed, transformed, and if you want a real influencer, not those influencers who are on net, who are not actually real. You don't know them. If you know, you see them, you'll be surprised. Let me tell you one thing. There are people who post amazing stuff who I know personally, but I know their lives are miserable. And people don't know. They post good, amazing-looking stuff and even motivation talks, but yet when I meet with them, I talk to them, their lives are miserable. They are going through stuff which you don't know. So don't follow the people you don't know. Learn from Jesus. But learning from Jesus would involve also learning from people you know for sure that these people are gospel-centered leaders. They are taking their teachings from God's word. They are not just picking up ideas from different sources, but they are actually speaking from God's word, which is the final authority. And this learning from Jesus isn't just about doctrine. It's about learning to live and save in the same way Jesus did. Learning to live and save in the same way Jesus did. I saw two or three people are sleeping. I have to go first. You know yourself. I don't want to point name, uh, fingers. Please wake up. I had a, a deep business with 
God to get to this point. So I'm not here for you to sleep. And I haven't actually taken long. This is just an introduction. I haven't got to reading the scriptures. So if we want to grow spiritually, then we need to be constantly checking that we are still learning and not thinking we have ever arrived. It will be a huge mistake from the leaders. Us elders, the deacons here, it will be a mistake for us to think that we have arrived. We have to continue to read great books, gospel-centered books. We have to continue to listen to talks of other leaders and preachers, respected ones who are gospel-centered leaders. We have to attend advanced global conferences if it's come here in South Africa. We have to make sure that we continue to connect with other Christ followers in what we've created as a platform, an opportunity for believers to come together in community groups weekly, on a weekly basis. You need to make sure that you go there because that's a great platform where you can learn from Jesus. You have to sign up, by the way. If you're not part of a community group, after this meeting, go sign up. If you really want to grow spiritually, you should desire to connect with other believers. Second, Jesus expects accountability from his disciples. He expects accountability from us. Adam and Eve rejected the idea of accountability. You know what happened to them. We are not going to have time to read all, but let me just read Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 to 17. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Then we get to chapter 3, where Satan get to Eve, and they start to have a conversation. And Eve actually said, okay, Lord told us, God said we should not eat or touch from that. Then Satan said, but that's not true. That's not true. You can try. You can eat. And they went ahead to go against God's will and his plan. They rejected the idea of accountability. And we know what happened afterwards. Sin and death entered into the world because of that. Accountability is very important. Who is holding you accountable in your relationship, in your work with God, in your decision-making, career, family, work, and all that? Who is holding you accountable? When we read the New Testament, we discover that Jesus taught about accountability. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 to 21, he taught about accountability. Jesus also pra he practiced accountability. When we read Luke 9, 1, 2, and even chapter 10, we found out that Jesus actually practiced, he practiced, he practiced. Good, you understand. That was, give him the big end. He practice accountability. It's those two people, three actually who are sleeping, are getting me to go fast and I'm missing my way. <laughs> now the third one, you know, just in the line of accountability, Jesus also commended it. In Matthew 8, 
and above all, he set the example. You know, when we read John 8, 28, so Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own but to speak just what the Father has taught me. This is one of the examples about accountability. I am not doing this on my own. I am doing this because of my father. My father taught me. He told me this is the right thing to do. I don't know. I, a mature disciple of Christ takes accountability very serious. Don't just make decisions. Don't think you are clever. We all need people in our lives. Thank God in this community we've got uncles, brothers, we've got father figures. That's the beauty of a family of God. There is no reason for you to make a silly mistake because God has provided you with a community of people who love and care for you. If you move towards them and said, listen, this is what I'm planning to do. What do you think? The early church embraced accountability. They embraced accountability in their mission. They embraced accountability in their beliefs. They embraced accountability in their personal lives. And some of you may, said, uh, may say, okay, Andre, where, where, where is that coming from? So let's look at Acts chapter 13. You read verse 1 to 3, we see Paul and Barnabas, um, you know, the time they were sent out. In verse 2 we read, while they were worshipping and lo the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and, set, and sent them off. Here we see one example of a mission accountability. Barnabas and, Paul, and Saul or Paul get prayed for and being sent. I remember in this community there was one guy many years ago. He came and he was so fired up and he ordained himself. He prayed for himself and he sent himself out. And when he went out, things didn't work out right. And then I called him. I sat down with him. I said, you know what? There is what is called a mission of accountability. It is biblical. You cannot just do that to yourself. A mature disciple doesn't go before go ahead of God. You don't go ahead of God or you don't go ahead of the gift that God has provided, the people God has put in your life. So many people have watched in this community have taken silly decisions They've made silly mistakes because which could have been avoided because they did not want to actually allow people to speak into their lives. To be a mature disciple of Christ, you should be open to accountability. So that is an example of a mission accountability. But there is also of belief. We see in... In another history in the New Testament, Paul accepted by the apostles 
We read in uh, Galates, chapitre 2, verset 1 à 2. Uh, Galatians 2, 1 to 2, sorry. When I was on, on, uh, on holiday, I was doing, I did one preach, not a lot, in French. <laughs> so then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem. This is for this time with Barnabas. I took Titus along also. I went in response to a revelation and meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders, I presented to them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles. I wanted to be sure I was not running and had not been running my race in vain. Now, this is a great example. Paul this is after 14 years. This guy was sent out. He still went back. He said, I came. I've been preaching. A lot of things that has, a lot of things have been happening. But I just came back with Titus and Barnabas. I just want to come and check the doctrine. Am I in the right path? Can you see another accountability? So you cannot be sitting, a mature disciple cannot just be feeding, you eat everything that comes along. No, you have to check with your leaders. I have been listening to this, is this right? I heard this, is this right? Someone told me this, is this right? That's the reason why God set up the leadership in his church. It's because the leadership, their responsibility is to give direction to God's people is to disciple God's people. What about personal lives, you know, accountability? James 5, 6. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You need someone in your life who can help you when things are not going right. Do you have a brother? Do you have a sister in this community? A mature disciple of Christ would be open and willing to say to another brother or sister to say, please, I want you to hold me accountable. I'm struggling with A, B, C. I know some guys who do it well. I'd like to grow in that. Where sometimes I can have the courage to just go and say, brother, listen, this is the thing. You know, I am physically tired or exhausted. But sometimes, you know, I keep it up. I said, no, I am going to just continue. No, we need people in our lives. And God has put us together here so that we can disciple each other. If we want to grow spiritually, we will make sure we stay accountable to others. Only the arrogant and those who consider themselves self-sufficient, they don't need accountability. And that is a sign of premature disciples. People who think that they don't need to be accountable to either their leaders or other brothers and sisters in Christ, those people, they actually position themselves, themselves as self-sufficient and they are arrogant. Amen. Thirdly, Jesus expects his disciples to respond well to challenges. Friends, we are going to, to be faced with a lot of challenges. In Luke chapter 19, we see Jesus sending his disciples. They get so excited. They love it. And then they went and preached the gospel. They come back and say this. 
The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. They were so excited. But they did not know what was waiting for them. You know, this is, you know, they, they, they just got so excited about what was happening and they came back. Then it got to a certain point. Jesus said, hold on. Listen to this. Mark chapter 8, 34, verse 38. This is the way of the cross. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. To be a follower of Christ, to be a mature disciple, we should be willing to pay a price. Jesus said, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Friends, to be a disciple of Jesus is exciting, but it's also challenging. It's not easy. It is costly. We have to accept to deny ourselves. If if we want to be stretched and grow spiritually, then we need to keep being provoked to step out of our comfort zone and put our faith into action. That's what Jesus is calling us to. What areas of life does discipleship cover? Or cover? Jesus never restricted his discipling of his followers to just the spiritual side of things or the spiritual areas of life. Things like prayer and spiritual discipline. Though those played a part when we read the new, in the New Testament, but Jesus, he also discipled them in things like their character, thinking, attitudes, ambitions, relationships, and approach towards money and possessions. Now, in this church, in Common Ground Church, Weinbeck, on this point, I would love to explain to us that how do we get to plan the year when it comes to our preaching journey? We think discipleship, but we think discipleship not just around prayer, not just around gathering together here on Sunday, but we think all aspects of life. How whatever we are going to be journeying on can shape our lives in terms of our character, decision-making, our attitude, etc. How can those, you know, those preaching journeys, whatever we are going to cover, how would that help us to be the certain light in society? So we go through the process of prayer, we go through a process of consultation, we go through a process of connecting with other brothers of, uh, who are part of the family of churches, Common Ground Church. We get to ask, like this year we are looking forward to go through the book of 2 Corinthians for 22 weeks, God willing. 
But for us to land there, it's because we had to think discipleship, not just in the area of prayer, but character, thinking, attitude, ambition, relationships, and all aspects of life is what got us to that point of saying, this is going to be the right path for us this year as a church. And all we do or design is to bring about both maturity and becoming more like Jesus. That's our mission. Finishing. The cost and the blessings of discipleship. As I said, following Jesus is is costly. Um, can, I, can I do with the other end? Yes, what's your question, brother? We'll allow that. Wonderful. I said discipleship is challenging and discipleship is exciting. It's joyful. So you've actually, I'm going to give you a passage here. How can be discipleship challenging at the same time? Jesus said, my yoke is what? Because it is challenging if we are to do it outside of Jesus himself. Amen. That's the reason why I said learn from me. Following Jesus is costly because it's articulated in Matthew chapter 16, 24 to 27. No time to read. Luke 14, 25 to 33. Obeying him in everything is also challenging when we read from John 14. And we are told in Matthew 6, we should first be seeking the kingdom rather than the material blessings. That's where again the challenge comes in. There's this desire in us, wanting this, but yet the call, it, the call is for us to seek first God's kingdom. Yet in return, people understood. I want to close by reading Paul, who understood the blessings of following Jesus. And I'm going to ask the band to come up. We're going to land with this. Can I maybe invite the congregation to stand as I read this? I'll read this then I'm going to close with Jesus' words afterwards. This is the same man, Paul, who listened to Paul in Philippians chapter 3, verse 1 to 14. Then we are left with one verse. As I said earlier on, there were a lot of verses that we were going to be reading. We'll read this, then we'll read the last one. This is under the cost and the blessings of discipleship. Paul says this, I'm reading from NIV, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing wealth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, 
for those sake, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Know that I have already obtained all this, or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Before returning to his father in heaven, in heaven Jesus said, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commandments I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Here we see that Jesus' call and challenge to his disciples, to you and me, are not to simply be Christians in name only, but both to be disciples and to make disciples. Genuine followers of Jesus will both be discipled and also make disciples of others. Can I call us this year to be those disciples who are willing to follow Christ, to say yes to his call, as well as opening up our lives to him and our allowing him to teach us so that we can be disciple makers. Dear Lord, I thank you. I bless you for this time. Thank you that your hand is at work in and through our lives. Father, my prayer for us all these years that we would open up our lives to you even more, that you will teach us what it means to be your disciples and to be disciple makers. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your spirit and for the work that you have already done in and through us. The cross is a great evidence of what you have studied and what you bring, you bring to completion. Father, it is not up to us. It's you doing your work in and through us. Therefore, I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would help each one of us to live like you and to save like you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.